0: As I was preparing for this weekend, I didn't really know where this Priesthood Sunday thing came from. It, uh, Joyce put it on the bulletin cover and John put it on the program, but I wasn't really sure where it came from. And I looked at the scripture readings for this weekend and I thought, that's really an odd place to put Priesthood Sunday. But as I thought about it and prayed about it and spent some more time with it, uh, it brought a couple of things to mind that I thought were, were worth sharing. When I first went to the seminary, uh, I started in 78 because there was a, I finished two years of philosophy at a college seminary. Um, each place that you go tries to teach a certain model of priesthood, kind of this is what a priest should be. And so you kind of form yourself along that and uh, uh, kind of think, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And then you get assigned to a parish. And that's reality, and all of a sudden it came to me that there are as many different models of priesthood as there are people sitting in the pews. And so then you get to the point that you kind of try to form yourself or restrain yourself at times according to the group that you're talking to. Well, that can be really exhausting, and I didn't realize I was doing it for quite a while. And so, you know, you're, you're either not conservative enough or you're too traditional, or you're not pious enough, or you don't preach about this, or I don't like the way you say that, and so nobody's happy. And it really came out the, to me the clearest most recently during COVID, because everybody was mad. Everybody was mad. And people were very free with their opinions and say, well, you know, Father, if we go to this church, we can do this, if we go to that, they say, great, go there. Go there. Because I was doing what the church told me to do and what in my prayer I needed to do. Because, you see, the thing of it is is that the one that I really need to follow is the kind of priest that Christ wants me to be. And I'll do my best at that, and I'll fail at that. But that's really the one that I need to worry about, not everybody else, not all the other opinions, not changing my mind and my face and my delivery all the time because of a thousand different ideas that people have. Well, it it dovetails to me with this first reading that we have from Isaiah today, which has that great line that I referred to at the beginning of Mass, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. I think that a lot of times we try to remake God into our own image. And so I want God to hate the people that I hate. And I want God to vote for the people that I vote for. And I want God to discriminate against the people that I discriminate to because that's what God says. So that's why you've heard me say over and over again, I'm always really suspicious of people who have a very definite idea about what God wants. Because the key is we have to be careful that we're not just substituting our own opinion and trying to use God as a way to justify it. It's an easy thing to do. So we kind of remake God and so, oh God would never do that, really? Last I checked, God blows our circuits. God's always way beyond, your thoughts are not my thoughts, my ways are not my ways or your ways. So it comes home to roost in a particular way in today's gospel. So if you belong to a labor union like my dad did at John Deere's for years, you're not going to like this gospel. It just isn't going to make sense to you because it isn't fair. And so one of the things that it brings up is this idea between fairness or justice and God's mercy. Justice and God's mercy. And I say to myself, and I pass on to you from time to time, it's a good thing God doesn't give us what we deserve. Holy Mary. Because none of us are sinless. But this reading, this parable that Jesus told, was obviously very pointed. And so we heard what happens. There's everybody needs workers, and so he goes out in the morning, all the way through the day, and then goes out at 5 o'clock and sends guys out too. And then he gave very specific instructions to the to the the manager. He says, call the men and pay them. Start with the guys who came last. So I'm sure that the guys who... Only worked for an hour and got a full day's pay. It's kind of like, holy cow. Somebody stopped me after one of the Masses this week and they said, I wonder how many people applied the next day. Uh, <clears throat> good question, Jesus, you answer that one. So we hear what happens, and so it all the way came down to the guys who came in at 5 o'clock in the morning, <clears throat> and they're mad. They're envious. What's the deal? This isn't fair. And so the landowner very nicely said, my friend, I'm not cheating you. Did you not agree with me on the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I want to give the last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do what I can with my own money? But the next line is the one that I think should sear ourselves into our mind and we ought to think about. Or are you envious because I'm generous? And this brings up this whole thing about God that you and I as human beings have a hard time reconciling, and that's the fact that God is lavish. God goes beyond what's fair. God goes beyond what's just. God's lavish, so he's always more than we can ever imagine. And we're just not comfortable with that. How come they get that and I had to work for it? How come they're doing this and I have to do this? Because whenever we get envious, that is immediate division. That is immediate judgment. And one of the things about the heaven that we aspire to, I hope you remember this, is that there's gonna be no envy in heaven. No envy in heaven. No division in heaven. No judgment in heaven. And so the thing that's hard for us to think about, and hard for us to accept, because we can't do it ourselves very well, is that God always goes way beyond. So, you know, look at forgiveness. You can use Adolf Hitler, or John Wayne Gacy, or you figure the most heinous crime that somebody's ever committed and our faith tells us, our mind doesn't like to wrestle with this, but our faith tells us that if those people confess to God they were truly sorry, they're forgiven. They're forgiven. There are no do overs. God doesn't say, Well, I forgive you and you and you, but not you. Does it doesn't work that way? We do. We do. We like to say, oh, yeah, I'm very accepting and everything, but we got a couple of fingers crossed until we get to some people. We have reservations. So that's why that first reading from Isaiah said to us, for my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are above your thoughts. But it's a lot easier to kind of remake the world and God and justice and fairness and all those kinds of things into the way that we think they should be. You can do that, but don't use the Bible to support it. So the challenge for us always as Christians is trying to figure out what the mind of God is. What's the mind of God? So I'll give you a really stupid example. When I did my first two years of college and I was gonna transfer to another college and I had my mind made up where I was gonna go, and, uh, but my best friend was gonna go someplace else. And so the week that school started, I applied to that college and I said to myself, God, if you want me to go to this college, you'll get me accepted. Okay? What you don't know is there were 260 women on campus and 11 guys. (laughs) They'd take any warm body male to get in there to up the ante. Was that God's will? I don't think so. It wasn't a bad experience. God could take lemons and make lemonade and it kind of worked that way. But you see what I'm saying? We make these really crazy bargains. We make these really crazy things that we put God in a box. We say, well, God certainly has to do it this way. And God doesn't work according to our thoughts. God works according to his thoughts. And so whether it's forgiveness or judgment or fairness, we always gotta remind ourselves Okay, I can have my opinion, but God's ways are not my ways. God's ways are not my ways. And so when we look at something that we think is an injustice, do we need to ask ourselves that last line of the landowner, or are you envious because I'm jealous? When you see somebody at church who you don't think belongs in church, well, you know what he's like. None of your business. None of your business. It's about God's ways, not our ways. So as we continue to celebrate mass, folks, see, this is why we need to go to church. This is why we need to read and pray over the scriptures. This is why we need to receive the sacraments. Because otherwise, we think the way the world does. And if we think the way the world does, then our Christianity is worthless. If we're like everybody else, then it's worthless. And so if we're trying to do what we believe God wants us to do, somebody's gonna think we're nuts. Somebody's gonna think this ain't fair. Somebody's not gonna agree with it. Well, I would sure as heck worry about God's opinion than somebody else's opinion. So as we continue to pray in this Mass and all the Masses, let's really pray for probably one of the most powerful prayers we can pray is that, Lord, reveal to me your mind. Help me to understand your heart just a little bit better. More of thee. Bless of me.